Hello and welcome to the Organic Gardening Podcast. My name is Sarah Brown and this episode is a little add-on to our usual monthly podcast. If you remember, in our last episode, our guest, Adrian Thomas from the RSPB, talked to me about how and why birds sing. I found it fascinating. Birds are such an important and lovely soundtrack to being outdoors. They add to the sense of well-being from growing your own, whether it's a gentle coo of the pigeon or the welcome tweet of a spring chaffinch. In this episode, I thought we could have fun identifying some of the most common birds, visitors to your garden, allotment or even your window box. Blackbirds and robins, yes, but also blue tits, finches and jackdaws, plus my own very favourite, the thrush. To do this, I'll be borrowing excerpts from Adrian's fantastic book, The RSPB Guide to Birdsong. But before we start, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Viridian Nutrition. Viridian produce a range of award-winning ethical and organic supplements, which include vitamins, minerals, herbal oils and balms. I love the way they call themselves the vitamin company with an organic heart. Their supplements are stocked in over a thousand specialist health stores across the UK. So to find out more, visit viridiannutrition.com. That's viridian with a V hyphen nutrition.com. So here is Adrian in his book explaining how best to describe a bird song and therefore to help you identify it. The secret is that any sound is a combination of seven different attributes. The first is duration, how long it lasts. Some species have very long verses that can go on for a minute or more. Whereas this next one is very short. The second attribute of a sound is its pace, how quickly one note moves to the next. Listen to this song. Again, don't worry what the bird is, simply focus on the speed of the notes. That song was quite slow, just one or two notes per second, what you might call walking pace. Here's a song which sprints along at about eight notes a second. When there are more than about eight notes per second, individual notes become too fast to count, which we call a trill or rattle, such as this. The fourth attribute of sound is pitch, in other words, how high or low it is. Here's a deep bird sound. This next one is medium pitched. And here is a relatively high pitched song. Some bird sounds are very high-pitched indeed. The fifth attribute is pattern. This is how notes of different duration, pace, volume and pitch combine into a melody or a rhythm. At its most simple, the notes may stick to a regular beat. Sometimes a bird will repeat a phrase, like this recurring pattern of two notes called couplets. And here is a three-note repeated pattern. Some bird species have songs with very complex patterns indeed, such as this. The sixth attribute of sound is called timbre. It's what some people call the tone or colour of a note. One way of describing a sound's timbre is by using adjectives such as husky, smooth, sweet or piercing. In speech, the timbre of sounds helps create what we recognise as words. 
This is called phonetic transcription. You probably know what this next bird is. I hear this as kick. Whereas to me, this one is chukka chukka. And this is wink wink. Even if you don't hear the sounds in quite the same way as I do, it will at least give you a starting point for turning them into your own words. The final attribute of sound is what I call overall effect. The idea is to step back and listen to the sound as a whole and see if it reminds you of anything. For example, this reminds me of a spinning coin. And to my ears, this is someone having a cheeky giggle. These kinds of visual image can help hold the sounds in your mind. Those are the seven attributes of sound, and you can listen for any of them in all bird sounds. Now listen to this verse of a mystery bird song and imagine how you would describe the sound. How would you put that sound into words? The verse lasts about five seconds. Its pace is fast and lively, and the volume seems quite loud. Although the pitch varies, it is fairly high. There are no mellow whistles. And the song has a pattern. It has three distinct phrases linked together, the middle phrase being a long, fast trill, and the last one is made up of what I'd call bouncy notes. Here it is again. What about its timbre? To me, it sounds rather fizzy, and the overall effect is of a song that's bursting with energy. If I was to tell you that the recording was made in an upland oak woodland, you'd now have all the information you need to confirm that it's a tree pipit. I found that analysis really helpful. So now, let's go on to apply all that he's taught us. We'll hear ten different garden birds altogether. You may be lucky enough to recognise all ten, or maybe just three or four. It depends really on where you live. Let's start with the blackbird and the robin. Here's a verse of blackbird song, heard almost everywhere in spring. Every verse is different, but each is fairly short, just two or three seconds. And notice the relaxed, deliberate pace. The individual notes are quite deep and mellow, a warm baritone. And listen how most verses end in a squeaky twiddle, very often high-pitched. Let's compare it with the robin's song. Here's one verse. Like the blackbird, every verse is different. But again, each is rather short, only one to three seconds. The robin's song is generally higher pitched than the blackbird. But listen how it shifts back and forth between higher and lower pitched phrases. Most importantly, the overall effect is watery. It gurgles and it trickles. Did you know the robin is one of the few songbird species where both female and male sing and they both have red breasts? As for the blackbird, well, for all their beautiful singing, as a gardener and someone who loves growing soft fruit, I admit I'm a little wary of them. I've seen them plunder my raspberries and strawberry bed. So if you don't want to share, be sure to net your fruit and make sure that the netting is firmly tied down and there are no holes. Otherwise, the birds can get in and get trapped, which is really very distressing.
Now we're going to hear a few more birds. I've paired them to help you recognise and remember them. First up, the cheeky blue tit and the great tit. Here's Adrian to explain the difference. The blue tit has a simple but variable song. The most frequent version starts with two or three very high introductory notes that then drop to a shimmery trill. There are simpler versions too, without the trill. The great tit's most familiar song is a bright and cheerful teacher, teacher. It's what we call a seesawing couplet and is repeated several times in a row. However, each great tit has several different verse types, might be reversed to then sing. But the consistent theme to listen for with the great tit is its seesawing notes with a confident ringing feel. Now let's contrast those with a couple of easier ones, the wood pigeon and the gentle collared dove. The wood pigeon's deep and lowing song is heard almost everywhere. It is repeated three or four times in a series, getting more insistent each time, and is a repeated five-note phrase to the rhythm of I don't want to go, I don't want to go. The collar dove song is a simple repeated phrase of just three notes. It has been likened to a bored football fan chanting United, United. Collardove also gives a distinctive call when landing, which sounds like... Like most gardeners, I have a love-hate relationship with pigeons. They will strip my brassicas and the young leaves of my cherry tree and their town cousins are a bully at the bird feeders. And yet... And yet, that wonderful cooing is surely one of the most peaceful sounds you can hear wherever you are outdoors. That and a cup of tea brings calm to the soul. Now Adrian's going to take us to some higher-pitched, smaller songbirds. This trio all come from the finch family, nearly all of whom you might be lucky enough to have feeding or nesting near you. I should perhaps have said right at the beginning that to bring birds into your growing area, be sure to plant some shrubs or bushes or cover your fence with ivy. This will provide safe cover and nesting areas for so many of our garden birds. So first let's hear the chaffinch, then the tiny goldfinch and finally the greenfinch, which is a common visitor to our bird tables. The chaffinch's song is heard wherever there are mature trees. Each verse is bright and brash and lasts about two to three seconds. It drops in pitch, step by step, and then rounds off with a flourish. Imagine someone dancing a bold jig down the stairs and at the bottom doing a theatrical ta-da! For the greenfinch and the goldfinch, we're going to start with their calls because they're the best way of getting to grips with their songs. First, the goldfinch. Its main call is tickle it. It may just say tickle or extend it to tickle-ickle. The song in full flow can sound like a random twittering, but listen how the tickle it sounds are slotted in between fast, bright trills and longer notes. It all flows without pause and has a tinkling quality. 
The greenfinch has a range of rather attractive calls, the most frequent being a little trill, jijiji, or dibidib. This then forms the basis of the song, which is a string of different musical trills, usually separated from each other by a short pause. In between them, it often inserts a slow wheeze. Listen how it all sounds put together. Yep, I found the last two quite hard to remember. I had to play them back to embed their different little trills into my memory. And I realised that the greenfinch trill sounded much more mechanical. Unfortunately, in the past 10 years, the greenfinch has suffered a serious drop in numbers in the UK, and it's thought to be because of a disease called trichomonosis. It's from a parasite which is spread at bird tables. So it's important to keep your feeding station clean, to change the food regularly, and indeed to move it around to different locations if possible. All this might help stop the spread of the disease. We've got plenty of information on how to feed birds safely on the Garden Organic website. Now let's go for a complete contrast. Do you remember in the last episode, Adrian distinguished between a bird's song and its call? We'll hear calls which you may well hear outside your house or your allotment. First, the jackdaw. The jackdaw is a vocal bird, rarely keeping quiet for long. The calls are short and high-pitched compared to those of the crows. The most characteristic are a happy chiak and chok. And now to finish, we'll listen to my own personal favourite, the melodious thrush. I have a number of old apple trees in my garden and I'm often stopped in my tracks by the melody of the singing of the thrush. The song thrush has a magnificent song, which is unusual in its structure. The male sings a short phrase and then usually repeats it, maybe two or three times. He pauses for a moment and then repeats a totally different phrase. Although every phrase is different, each is rich and vibrant, ringing out loudly from high in a tree, often for several minutes at a time. Every once in a while, the male will sing a more complicated phrase full of twiddles that he doesn't repeat, but soon he returns to his pattern of sing, repeat and move on. That conjures up a long, warm summer's evening for me. And isn't that the pleasure of birdsong? Giving us beauty in time and place. I hope you found this little birdsong tutorial helpful. There's plenty more in Adrian's book and you can hunt for your own favourites. The book's called The RSPB Guide to Birdsong and please, if you buy it, do so directly from the RSPB website, not from an online bookseller. That way you'll be supporting the charity by helping it benefit from the sale. And if you want to bring birds into your growing area, then we have plenty of advice on the Garden Organic website, gardenorganic.org.uk. Just search for birds. In our next episode, Chris and I get excited that spring is surely springing and the growing season can start. Our guest is Ashley Edwards, head gardener at the Horatio's Garden, designed specifically for hospital patients with spinal injuries. It's an inspiring listen. 
But bye for now, and thanks again to our sponsors, Viridian Nutrition. <laughs>